Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex, on the decks. This week you're in for a treat as I am joined by the brilliant female force that is Kelly Kiara. Through this conversation we talk about confidence, sexuality, vulnerability and going viral versus networking and establishing new material, all through the lens of songwriting and storytelling. It's a really well-rounded chat with lots of self-reflection and for me lots of moments that make you feel like, yeah, I can relate to that. So I hope you enjoy it and it makes you smile listening through. Kelly Kiara on the Hot Girls Podcast. Let's go. Ladies, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Kelly, welcome to Hot Girls. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I want to start by talking about your background into music because it sounds like your story was an interesting one and your journey wasn't an overnight success. So can you tell me what first drew you to music and then your journey? Yes, of course. I mean, I grew up listening to my dad's Motown records and I grew up listening to a lot of Disney uh, and I also grew up listening to the radio. So I guess I kind of have a mixed bag of uh, genres that I would that I grew up listening to. And I think, you know, going to school and high school, I was always, um, you know, in the shows and singing. So I guess my confidence in singing started there. And then when I left school, I got into kind of listening to and singing and writing dance music because where I grew up, that was kind of the main uh, genre of music in the nightclubs. And it was the easiest to access at that age. So I would literally go to the nightclubs and go up to the DJs and be like I'm a singer like (laughs) there was probably like this isn't the bar go to the bar like no request also they're like you're supposed to be out enjoying yourself not plugging (laughs) oh my goodness that is if any all my friends would say that about me I very rarely enjoy myself I am always thinking about work or I'm always thinking about you know what I can do to be proactive while I'm relaxing so it's quite rare that I actually ever relax but yeah so I kind of always had this plan and this vision for myself that I would become a singer be an artist um, and I guess it just kind of took me a few years to develop into exactly who that person is that I am today so yeah I um, did a cover uh, that went viral online of Justin Bieber and it was called Love Yourself and I sung the female response which was F yourself. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. (laughs) You can swear, you can swear. (laughs) Oh yes! (laughs) Um, It was called Love Yourself versus Fuck Yourself and it was really just, you know, at the time an accidental success. Uh, I wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting it at all. I was working, you know, nine to five at that point in my life and you know after the success of the cover everything changed for me and I moved to London I started writing and had success as a writer and within that time I just kind of focused on what I wanted to say and what my sound was and that's kind of led me to the place where I am now. Yeah well I really really want to talk about songwriting because I think it's such an it's such an important part of your journey and also just an important part of the craft but in terms of that moment so when you had that kind of video that took off how did you feel can you remember how you felt like having been interested in this for such 
quite a long time. Yeah, I honestly was not expecting it. And I remember at the time when it started doing well, I think it hit like a million within a couple of months, which I was surprised about. And then after that, after the million, it snowballed and just kept going and going and and growing. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I need to do something. (laughs) The whole like never chill mentality kicked in. And I was like, I need to act on this. I need to be proactive. This feels like a special moment for me. Therefore, I must do something to increase the longevity of this momentarily successful video. So I just decided that at that point, I needed to be in sessions with people and I needed to be writing and I needed to be in London and basically meeting as many people in the music industry as I could. I just knew instinctively that if I put myself in that position, I would figure it out. And I did. So, Mm. yeah, I just followed my instinct. So were you signed as a songwriter? At that point, I wasn't signed as a songwriter, no. So it was about a year and a few months after that that I got offered to be a songwriter professionally um, with a publishing company. And yeah, I was still really premature in my songwriting career. You know, I hadn't written very many songs at the point where I was um, offered a publishing contract, which is quite rare. So that was a huge opportunity for me to be able to stabilise myself financially and move to London and basically do what I'd been doing part-time for the past year and finding my feet and you know finding people to work with and it enabled me to set up a foundation for myself where I had people supporting you know what I was doing and putting me into sessions with people and networking for me rather than just me doing the networking that was a big step for me in my confidence mainly um, because it gave me the confidence to think oh my goodness people believe in me and well, if they believe in me, then I must be good. And I think that that confidence made me flourish. Yeah, yeah, massively. And when you write, do you tend to work with a producer or do you produce? What sort of parts of the process is your... Yeah, I mean, there's, I actually work both ways. So I will work at home to beats or I will work in studios with other producers as well. I don't really have a preference. I enjoy both but yeah I basically could work either way is what I'm trying to say which is why the pandemic and and what's happened kind of hasn't really impacted me so much in terms of my creativity just because I've always learned how to work alone before working with other people so it's kind of a strange but good preparation for what what kind of world we're living in now yeah so we'll talk in a lot more detail about your releases but when I was listening to your music something came up in my mind that was a conversation that I'd had with um, people previously where they spoke about because your music's quite sexy and I was wondering if it took something to get the confidence to have those like share those lyrics out loud because if often like studio spaces are quite male dominated it's so funny because in retrospect I can't believe how how much I didn't struggle with that it's, it's strange like I, I think at the time I didn't really care. I think, honestly, I wasn't thinking, like, I wonder what the person in the room is going to think of me if I say this. I I didn't, I don't remember caring is what I'm trying to say. Um, I mean, I've always been confident and I've always been encouraged, you know, to say how I feel um, by my mum. And I've always been quite outspoken. So I 
have never really seen a problem with me, you know, saying how I feel or, or being ashamed. I've never been made to feel ashamed of it. Yes. And a lot of the time, like growing up and even now, I use sexuality, you know, my own sexuality or, or you know, things that are a little bit untoward as humor like I'm always comfortable talking about it therefore I kind of think well why wouldn't why would somebody not feel comfortable listening um obviously I know people sometimes do feel like that but I just don't think about it like that I literally just say what I feel (laughs) and you know if people feel a type of way about it then that's just a different conversation in my mind so yeah I think it especially being in a male dominated scenario you know most of the people that I work with when I'm writing these songs um are male so it's just about kind of being around open-minded people also and I've been lucky and fortunate that a lot of the people that I've worked with have always been very open-minded and always encouraged me to speak my truth and I think that's what it comes down to I mean I know I mentioned I don't really care what people think obviously that's never completely true for everybody. Everybody cares what people think to some degree. But in terms of me and the most important thing that I'm trying to get across in my music and, and my movement is freedom of speech and also to be comfortable in your own truth. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of life experience and I've come to terms with who I am as a person, what my truth is, whether that's great or not great. And, um, I'm comfortable with all aspects of myself. And I think that that's what maybe comes across in my music as quite daring and quite confident. Yeah, I think it's cool. I love it. But I just, yeah, I was just interested um, in whether you did because I love songs about sex (laughs) because I find them relatable and I love listening to them. So in terms of your own music and your own releases that you put out yourself, was Tornado your first single that you put out? Yes, it was. Tornado was the first single that I ever put out. And it was special to me because at the time when I created it, it didn't feel like it fit in with any of the other music I was doing at the time. And it felt very much like on its own, like Mm. one sound, one message. And I just felt like this has to be the first single because I don't think anything I'll ever do will be like this or sound like this. Mm. And it's it's a message that really is me in a nutshell. Like if I could put me in a nutshell, it would be that video and that song. Like very confident, aggressive, you know, quite alpha. And I feel like that was... Self-assured. Self-assured. And that was the foot I wanted to put forward first. And I was like, this is who I really see myself as and if it's going to be my first single people should know this about me and and know that this is how I view myself so yeah that's what Tornado was for me so Tornado is always going to be like a special place in my heart just because you know like when you look back at baby pictures and you're like oh like that was so cute that's how I feel about Tornado I look back at Tornado and I'm like oh I was really into myself right there (laughs) I loved it and um but I like I find that endearing like I love that about myself that I just really went all out basically I don't, yeah. I don't know, so and also it's like such a it was such an exciting moment like your first moment really like as a fully fledged artist with your own material yeah. like putting that out as a single is such a great way to feel and then chat me through your process since before kind of leading up to hopeless romantic then after Tornado, I released Set Me Up. 
um, which was me kind of showcasing the R&B sensibility that I've got in terms of my vocal and in terms of my writing. And again, it was very confident. It was a very confidently written track. It talked about um, sexual empowerment and what I was looking for at that point in my life, which was Mm -hmm. just um, to feel liberated with a partner. Because at that time in my life, I really felt like I was lacking a lot of emotion. I think that maybe a lot of females can relate that sometimes you just go through a phase in your life where nobody makes you feel anything and you start to question like am I numb or do I just like not like anyone or maybe I'm just you know at the moment need to work on myself and a hundred percent you know obviously life's not all about partners at all but you know at that point in my life I was living in London I was alone I didn't really have that many people around me to distract me you know from anything other than work and you know my downtime just consisted of me being at home on my own so I was like you know what I would just love to have somebody come make me feel something um make me you know because I I felt like really confident at that point in my life I didn't really feel like I needed anyone I didn't feel like a sense of longing for somebody emotionally I just kind of felt like I want somebody to come and like it's almost like a restlessness or like a yeah you're like what because I've definitely went through a huge phase like that and I remember thinking how long is this gonna last just out of interest (laughs) will someone be interesting yes exactly and that's not to put down anybody that you know around me at that time but it was just kind of like I'm looking for something that I've never had before. And that's emotionally, that's, um, you know, the type of person. I'm looking for something that makes me challenge my thoughts on life or that makes me challenge my thoughts on who I think I am or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I was just going through like a transitional period in my life where I was looking for somebody to aid that transition for me. So that's what that song was. Again, you know, it was um, super sexy and super empowering. And yeah, I loved that. I actually originally wrote that song with a man in mind, which now makes perfect sense. I originally wrote it with, sorry, when I say a man in mind, I mean, I originally wrote that song thinking that I was going to give the song to a man to sing. Yeah. Because it was super sexy. And I don't know, I just kind of heard someone like Chris Brown on it or Mm. something. So yeah. And then, you know, when I listened back to the song and like sat with it and lived with it, I was like, yeah, I actually really love this song. And I would really love to put this out. So yeah, that was kind of my second introduction. And do you, I mean, I wonder whether like part of seeing a man, like it's almost like they're responding to you if you heard them singing it, maybe in a way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is with, with songwriting, obviously you can always change it. So I kind of just had the idea in mind for it to feel like, I don't know how to describe it, like a dominating, but also playing with the roles of dominance and submission. That's what that track was about. It was kind of like, there is dominance in being submissive. Um, It takes a lot of trust and and power to to feel submissive to somebody else and let somebody else come into your life and and show you something new. Um, There's a lot of vulnerability in that. And that's kind of what I was betraying. And I kind of wanted it to feel like it could be sung by a man or a woman, that it didn't have to be confined to, well, it's dominant, therefore it's a man, or it's submissive, therefore it's a woman. Like, I I don't really believe in things having to be defined by gender roles. So, yeah. Yeah. Just looking towards uh, Hopeless Romantic, your new mixtape, how long has that been in the works? And when did you decide to put out this 
And you're calling it a mixtape rather than an EP or an album, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. The mixtape, the reason why we're calling it a mixtape is because it's very much an amalgamation of emotions and, you know, it's super emotional. And mixtape just felt like a more fitting word you know it's not an ep it's longer than than it than like five tracks it's more like a story of what my life has been like for the last two years and what you know what emotions i've been going through so to me mixtape really fit that a little bit more because you know when you're it's it's a love it's a love mixtape it's got a lot about love and vulnerability and heartbreak and that's why we decided to call it a mixtape and in terms of the process of how long it's been uh, been worked on for, yeah, two years. So it started as one thing and it's kind of evolved into so many different versions of itself. And it's grown with the time. So like as, as new experiences have happened within this two years, the songs have changed and, you know, new emotions have been written about and it's all kind of come together by itself, really. Um, I've not wanted to rush the process because... It is my first baby that I'm putting out there. (laughs) And it is so vulnerable as well that I really want people to, you know, take it in and understand it uh, very clearly. I like people to understand exactly what it is that I'm saying and really feel the message that I'm trying to portray. So, yeah, that's kind of why it doesn't have a release date yet. (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully, you know, uh, I'll have a release date for you soon. What are the things that are swirling around in your mind? Like, you know, when you're thinking about it, is it exactly how you're going to launch it? How people are going to respond? Like, what are those conversations that are going on in your head? I mean, it's more about whether or not it's my complete truth, like, I find it really difficult to be vulnerable and I always have found it really difficult to be vulnerable. And I think that this past two years and the creation of Hopeless Romantic has not forced me, but, you know, in a roundabout way, I probably wouldn't have been vulnerable if if the mixtape didn't kind of force me to get to that place. Because there's a lot of things that I hold back on and it's very easy for me to write songs about empowerment and sexuality and strength and you know positivity. That is that comes really easy for me. But it's very difficult for me to write about heartbreak. It's very difficult for me to write about things that haven't gone my way or you know things about how I really feel deep down and so I think that I just wanted to get to a place where I was being completely transparent about what was going on in my life and not turning it into like a sugared version of it so you know my natural kind of go-to would probably to sugar it up a little bit and then afterwards I mean you know I sit back and I look at it and think is that really the truth is that what's what people can actually relate to and is that what people are also experiencing themselves or am I sugarcutting it am I making people feel like worse about their experience because I'm not really being truthful myself it's a strange process to have to go through but it's more about me finding my vulnerabilities and being completely transparent about that, which is why I think it's it's taken me so long to to get comfortable with it. I don't think I'll ever be 100% comfortable with being vulnerable, but, you know, this is the journey that I'm on and I want to be truthful about it. That's a really beautiful answer. 
I felt very clunky when I was saying it, so I appreciate you saying that. No, it's beautiful. And I, I totally can understand that as well, because you're thinking both about the honesty, but also like, how, how is this going to make people feel? Which is a really difficult thing. But I think you're right, we all feel more from songs that are really honest. Like there's something mm-hmm. amazing about the way songs can make sense of things you feel, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that the songs that I relate the most to, the person, you know, when they've written them has probably thought that nobody would relate to it. They probably felt it was so personal to them that it wouldn't touch anybody else or nobody would understand it. And it's usually always the opposite. Like the more personal you are and the more specifically personal you are, it just tends to translate to people and people understand it. So I really wanted to make this really specific to me because, it, it, you know, this is the, the opportunity for me to tell what's been going on in my life and I'm not particular I'm I'm quite a private person online or you know I don't have a massive group of friends or that kind of thing so um this was like my opportunity to let people in on my world and and understand uh, a deeper side to me that I really don't project at all you probably in some ways because you started releasing music and then we went into lockdown do you feel like a pop star like do you feel like you've kind of lived that like a musician no, artist life I truly truly don't I mean I feel like an artist because you know I'm really uh, concentrated every day on what my art is and you know um, not just an artist in the sense of music you know I do a lot of art outside of that as well so when I'm looking to feel creative or be inspired I tend to do you know a lot of painting or I'll do drawing or I'll make things or I will write other forms of literature like books I'll do a lot of designing Mm. Um, so I don't just confine myself to you know feeling like a pop star which I don't feel like (laughs) but um yeah I just tend to hone in on all of my artistic uh, abilities because I feel like they're complement each other you know when you when you're struggling with one particular field of art I think the best thing you can do is focus on a different field or or even just something completely different like even like cooking you know can be an art form so even just doing something which takes your brain away from writer's block for example uh, it can really help with creative process for everything so that's that's what I have been kind of focused on during lockdown your videos are all really like striking visual concepts do you get involved with those as well if you're yes I mean I'm very much on set like you know looking at what we just taken making sure that everything is perfect you know I'm heavily involved in styling I'm heavily involved in the concepts of videos um you know I always really you know get close to the people that are shooting it whether that's you know different videographers at the time and and make them understand exactly you know what the purpose is what the vision is and I've been really lucky to work with so many talented directors and so many so many creative people that have been a part of my video process which has brought it to life um, which I definitely would not have been able to do without them than people so it's about you know just making sure that everybody's on board with the same vision and everybody's there to execute it well yeah I've just been yeah. really lucky 
in that sense that that people who have been on board have really understood what what it is that we're trying to get across and it's the best feeling in the world isn't it when you kind of know the essence that you want to bring to something and then someone yeah. else kind of takes it and does something with it that is so exciting and delivers the vision but plus 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 kind of thing yeah and that's what I always look for because you know it's great that I've got a strong vision but I like to remind myself that my idea is not always the best idea or it might not all just because it came from my head it doesn't mean that it has to be that exact way and I'm very open to other people's influence and other people's creativity and it's about trust you know once I trust that person I'm more than happy for other people to take the reins and, and for them to kind of direct it in the way that they see best fit that's something that you just have to learn and because I'm only you know four music videos in I have I think I've only done four music videos ever used to just getting used to that and getting used to you know I probably started off the first video that I ever did I was probably like I want it to be like this and it has to be like <laughs> <laughs> I have to look like this and very controlling. And the more that I've done, the more I've relaxed and thought, you know what, I'm here to do my job. Uh, everybody else around here is, you know, talented and amazing and has my best interest at heart. Therefore, I need to just relax and let them do their job as well, rather than me trying to control every tiny detail. Because who's to say that that would be the best version of the video? Probably not. You know, it's mm. about collaboration and about everybody's vision coming together to make it the best that it can be, not just one person's idea and one person's vision, you know. So that's yeah. what I've kind of grown into since, you know, from experience. Okay, so this season on Hot Girls, we really want to, I guess, look forward because it's a time of change. And I think within change, there is opportunity. In terms of the music industry, what are some things that you think would be positive changes that it could do with? Transparency for people that are up and coming is is a really important thing um, because a lot of people that are up and coming is a lot of people that are doing it independently, uh, you know, like me, and a lot of people that are having success in that avenue and really taking control of their own careers. And I think that helping people get to that place is really important. You know, there's a lot of people out here that are talented, that don't have the support around them or don't know how to get to that next stage in their career. And there's not really any blueprint. You know, there's not really any place that they can go to that's going to help them understand how to do it for themselves. Because, you know, not everybody wants to just wait around and just think, well, you know, I'll just wait until somebody comes in. And, and you know offers me a deal which is fine but also people want to be proactive and people want mm. to make a name for themselves and I think that it's quite difficult to feel disheartened when there's so many people doing the same thing and you know there's not a lot of support so I think it would be great if there was workshops or you know I think that labels need to probably do a lot more in order to teach people how to get to the point of being recognized because mm. I think that that would help a lot of people and it would help the labels so I don't know why they don't do that you know holding workshops and, and having people come in and showcase their talents and empowering people and teaching them how to set up a YouTube channel teaching them how to monetize teaching people how to market themselves all them kind of things that maybe you'd have to go to a specialist school for should be provided really as workshops because they have the resources um, and they have the people that can help. So that, I would like to see that happen for people. I sometimes wonder whether people fear that if they share their knowledge that it's like you lose it. But actually, I think when you share knowledge, you gain it. 
like you remember it? Well, I saw a quote many, many years ago that I've really loved and tried to encompass ever since. It's one candle lighting another candle doesn't burn out the other candle any quicker. Mm. And I think that that's a really good kind of mantra to live by is that if you have a light within you, you should share that light. It doesn't dim your light at all to share or to help other people, I think is an important thing for everybody to live by, regardless of what industry you're in, or regardless of what way you want to take that quote, you know, it's just an important one, I think, to live by, because people need help way more than they'll ever say it. And we know, everybody knows that deep down, because everybody knows that how much they ask for help versus how much they need help. So Mm. everybody can admit that that quote has to be true. You know, people only really ask for help when they're desperate. So why do we need to wait for the person to be desperate to to shed a light and to help people? So I feel like, yeah, it's just important to empower people. Like like I said, going back to my journey, you know, I wouldn't have been at the point where I've got to now if, if nobody had given me the confidence to believe in me. And that goes a long way. Believing in somebody goes a long way. It can mm. empower some people to literally change the world. I'm not just saying in music, in any field, it can make people feel like that they can do anything and therefore then they go do it. So that's what kind of world we want to live in moving forward. What would be some advice that you'd maybe give to someone if they were kind of listening to you and thinking, oh God, she's just at a stage that I would love to be at? It makes me smile when you even ask me that question because I don't even feel like I'm at a stage where I want to be at. So my advice would be... <laughs> it doesn't advice, stop. The hustle never stop. stops. Yeah, okay. The advice is that it never stops. And the advice is that it should never stop either. This is the whole point. Stay hungry. Stay hungry all the time. And if you're not hungry, bloody find a way to be hungry. <laughs> Because, you know, you should always be perfecting yourself. You should always be working on what you can be better. One piece of advice I've been given over this past two years, which I've really tried to take on board is if you are naturally good at something or you are naturally gifted, you should work 10 times harder because if you want to be the best at something and you want longevity and you want, you know, success within whatever realm you're looking to have success in, you really have to not just be talented and not just be good or not just be the top of your tier within that time frame. Like you have to want to push past them boundaries. If you're a singer and you're a good singer, get vocal lessons. If you're a pianist and you're an amazing piano player, get extra lessons. Like never ever stop pushing the boundaries of what you're good at because you might think or people might tell you you're the best you can always better at anything that goes for everything you like you can always better always challenge yourself always do it for yourself and that will help you you know overcome many mental health challenges and you know things that people are struggling with today I think just focus on what you're good at and make yourself better and and natural confidence will come from that Sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but let me go back to the question. <laughs> my, <laughs> advice, my advice would be, do not let anybody, this is so cliche, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Because, oh my goodness, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows what they're talking about. No one, not one single person you'll meet in your career that's going to change anything for you that you can't change for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You really can do it all yourself. You can do the music aspects if you really want to. You just got to learn. 
And mm-hmm. if you're a person like me who doesn't trust many people and, and wants to do a lot of it on their own, then that's what you need to do. You need to figure out a way to just harness your talents in every aspect. And, you know, if you want to be a writer, go on YouTube and and download beats that people put on YouTube all day long and just practice, 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 practice. Like, never stop the desire to be better. And that way you you will constantly, you will naturally rise to the place. You'll naturally gravitate towards the people you need to be around. People will come to you. You don't need to chase anybody. You don't need to do any of that. You just need to literally focus on how you can be the best that you can be. Focus on how you can be the most true, authentic version of yourself. And, and everything, I promise you, will, will align. Everything will align. That is the best advice I can give you. And I I just hope it doesn't sound too cliche for people that are, you know, struggling with self-confidence. Because I know that when I used to hear people say that and I was like, yeah, but what do you mean? Like, give me some constructive advice. It's so funny because that really is the best advice, advice that I can give. I think one of the things that I've been trying to kind of change, switch in my mind is like the idea that working really, really hard for something and is... How do I phrase this? It's like when you're working super hard on something and you feel like you're pushing so much harder than maybe a lot of other people around you, that that is any way, in any way a bad thing or a negative sign or even tiring. It's like it can be energizing in a way, I think. It's very easy for us as humans to look at other people around us and think, well, I think I'm, I might be working, you may be working harder than them or you may think you're working harder than them or you may be working to a completely different goal that that mm. person's not even sat there thinking about. So take a lot of inspiration from nature around you. Like one, one plant that takes a day to grow is a different plant to one that takes a year to grow. Mm. And obviously that's me coming with a spiritual aspect again, but that's the only thing that's really going to, give you inner peace is knowing that your journey no matter how much you want to project it onto other people's journey is never going to be the same journey never so there's just no point in looking at any, what anybody else is doing ever it's very very easy for for somebody to say it's very very difficult to not look at what other people are doing because that's human nature but yeah you just have to keep the focus back on yourself or maybe when you are looking at other people and thinking i want what they've got reach out to them just ask them, you know, I really admire what you're doing. What kind of things on your journey have you learned? Have you learned? What's your advice? Look at it in a positive way. And sort of connected to that and being on your own journey, what are your ambitions for yourself? Do you set goals or or do you just kind of take each day as it comes? I'm kind of right bang in the middle. Okay, so I set goals and I know what I want to achieve, but I don't, I'm not strict with it. Mm. So rather than me saying, I want to do this and I will do this and I'm going to focus on this, I think to myself, I let my thoughts just kind of come and go. So if if one morning I wake up and I think, you know what I'd really love to do? I'd really love to at some point do X, Y, Z. I just think about it once. I don't think too much about it unless it's something that requires an idea that I need to remember. Obviously, I'll write it down and I might do the first step to it. So for example, you know, I'm into designing and I'm into uh, writing literature books. So I might think about what it is that I want to do, but I won't necessarily sit down and make a full-blown plan for it there and then. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I've only got the energy to think about it, I just simply think about it. If I feel like I've got the energy to write 
down what it is that I want to do or maybe even start the project, I'll start it. If I get halfway through and I don't want to do anymore, I just relax and I just don't do anymore. And then when I feel like I want to pick it back up again, if that's a day, a month, five months, I literally just let it be what it is. So I used to be very strict about what I wanted and I had to sit down and make a plan and blah, blah, blah. And then I felt like I would use all that energy in the focus of it, but not the execution. So I, I kind of withdrew back on myself and I thought the best thing I can do is just not be too hard on myself because when I'm being too hard on myself, it's not naturally flowing. So in, ter- in terms of the answer, I do have goals, but I, I don't treat them like goals. I just treat them as if, if it comes into my mind and I feel like doing something that day, I'll do it. And, and if not, I don't. And if I don't finish the goal, okay. And if I do finish the goal, great. Yeah. So I have a very relaxed attitude now towards it. Um, and I feel like that works best for me. I get the impression that because you're so ambitious, but in a kind of broad sense, as in you just want to live like the best possible life yourself, you almost maybe don't want to, sometimes goals can be restrictive because it's like you might be able to do things that you can't even think of right now. So almost mm. by not writing them down, sometimes you give your spells the space to go beyond what goals you might set for yourself. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because I never really thought of it that way. But it's funny because, you know, I work closely with artistic people and some people might say, I want to achieve this or I want to be just like this person. And my advice is always, well, how do you not know that what you're going to achieve is beyond what you can imagine what that person did? Or, or you know, how don't set your bar because you literally don't know if that bar is for you. The bar might be way surpassed that or, or maybe it isn't that goal at all. And I think that we think we know what we want, but we don't give ourselves time to let ourselves grow into that goal because a goal is not something that's often achieved within a week or often achieved within a day. A goal is something which people usually um, have a bit of a skewed time frame on. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to do it in a month. And then they get to the end of that month and they think, oh, well, it wasn't achievable in a month, therefore I clearly can't do it or, you know, I feel disheartened. Mm. So I think the goal, instead of using the word goal, I just use it as idea. So I don't really have a goal. I just have an idea. And that idea needs time to become what it is. And that might be that the goal, oh, sorry, the idea that I have <laughs> hasn't formulated because something in my life hasn't happened in order to, in order for me to execute it properly. Again, sounding a little bit spiritual, but you just got to relax with them. I focus more on goals when it's something that's say like physical or, or a form of discipline. So if there's something that requires discipline, I might consider it a goal. If it's something that's like considered more artistic and something that I'm trying to execute from, you know, from within, I try not to think of it too much as, yeah, a goal. I try to think of it more like it's just an idea. Let it be, let it grow, let it be natural. Yeah, hope that helps. <laughs> it does. It makes sense. And you said you're a little bit spiritual as well. So I suppose there's an element of putting your ideas out into the world and then like seeing how the world responds. Yeah. And like a negotiation. It is in a weird way. You just have to let things be natural and let things like take their natural course when it comes to creativeness, because there is a side of creativeness that is not confined. You can't put it in a box. You Mm. can't 
you can't always say it's one genre or you can't always formulate how to be creative it's just something that comes naturally so let it be natural you know don't if don't force it if you're sat there and you can't write the song don't worry about it don't write the song come back a different time or you know go out and do something focus on something different and uh, when things are meant to be things will 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 align Kelly Kiara, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Whereabouts can people find and follow you on the socials, which are your favourite platforms? Thank you. Um, I am such an Instagram addict. I love Instagram. Uh, you can find me there at Kelly Kiara. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Kelly Kiara and also uh, Snapchat, which is Kelly hyphen Kiara. Um, my TikTok is Kelly Kiara and also um, my Twitter, which is Kelly Kiara underscore. Um, so yeah, go ahead and um, get in contact with me. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear from you. My socials is definitely a work in progress. Um, one of my goals is to, you know, really focus on what kind of content I want to create and uh, work on how I'm going to execute that properly. <laughs> so it's a whole other time thing, isn't it? I feel like this lockdown has made people focus so much more on it and focus more on like, it means so much like you should be doing this and you should be posting three times a day. And it's quite difficult for people who are in our generation that haven't necessarily grown up to the importance of social media to then get to grips now of the growing importance that it has. I don't take it too seriously. I just kind of like to make sure that what I'm putting out there is is good content that people can take in. So yeah. that's kind of how I try to focus on it. Yeah, I hear you. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's only when you really get to the point where you're having a lot of conversations about marketing, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, that person has all this free audience that they've gathered from. I know, I know. And the thing is, you know, that's great. And I also just want to make sure that what I'm putting out there is the most authentic version mm. of myself and that that in itself is super tricky it's so yeah. difficult like yeah and I, I overthink way too much I mean anybody who's listening to this podcast can tell that I overthink anyways I'm a big overthinker so try to not think about it too much even though that's again easier said than done no I hear you I hear you Kelly Kiara thank you so much for sharing I think you've been so open and I'm sure that will be reflected in Hopeless Romantic so yeah, wait till it's so out much. in the world and everyone can know, it. I'm so um, excited for people to hear it and it's actually just amazing timing because we're coming out into into light, into fun again. Although it's such, it, your music is so intimate. It could be listened in many different places and enjoyed in many different places. But I think it's such exciting time for you. So thank you for sharing your journey with us on Hot Girls. Thank you so much for having me. Thank really you so much. It's been, uh, it's been like a nice reflective time for me as well to answer the questions. So I've really enjoyed it. Oh, good. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What up, Lex? Yeah. 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 Yeah.